0: News. It's one o'clock. I'm Steve Dunthorne. The headlines. Carrie Lam defends the government's use of overnight lockdowns as experts urge her to consider other strategies. Thousands of restaurants say they're in jeopardy if they're starved of Lunar New Year profits. And the chief executive insists there's nothing improper about her meetings with the SAR's top judge. The Chief Executive Carrie Lam has rejected criticism that the government's ambush-style lockdowns to conduct Covid-19 tests are a waste of manpower and money. In the latest action, buildings in Shui Po, Yinlong, Hung Hom and Yau were sealed off overnight and around 1,700 people were tested. No cases were found. Mrs Lam told reporters the success of the lockdowns couldn't be measured by the number of cases found and it was more about preventing the spread of the virus.
1: To have achieved um, a zero case, uh, that is all residents being tested within that period were negative, is also a good sign that while you look at it, you may be worried from the public health or the uh, building hygiene point of view about a particular area. But having gone through this test, at least the residents are much more assured that uh, they do not have, uh, they are not living in a highly infectious area.
0: But the president of the Public Doctors Association says it's time for the government to review its social distancing measures as most recent coronavirus cases stem from construction sites. Aracena Ma questioned the continued closure of leisure businesses, such as gyms, beauty salons and cinemas, as well as a ban on dining in after six in the evening.
1: This time, the cases are not spread in those locations. So we don't have those large banquet dinners, we don't have those hot pot groups again. So cases are spread among construction site workers, spread among those manual labor, or in the same building. So I think it's time for the government to review their lockdown measures.
0: Infectious disease expert Hopak Lung also suggested that the government lock down construction sites if there are outbreaks there. The University of Hong Kong academic says daytime lockdowns at these sites would be more effective in preventing the virus spreading to the community. He also said that if community lockdowns were to be effective, residents should be given a second test five days later to uncover cases that were in the incubation period. The restaurant trade has estimated it will lose out on $7 billion this month after the government extended social distancing measures for another two weeks. Simon Wong, the president of the Federation of Restaurants and Related Trades, says the Lunar New Year holiday normally brings in a $10 billion profit for the industry to see it through the less lucrative months from March to May. He said around 3,000 restaurants were on the verge of closing down. He questioned the ban on dining in at night. It's completely nonsense to lock down at night but allow people to dine out during the day and then as you say there are many people walking uh, on the street and visiting shopping malls and going to many tourist areas you know they're very crowded actually but probably the government officials don't see this situation the government has ordered all airport staff to undergo a mandatory COVID-19 test to minimize the risk of imported cases From Thursday, 70,000 staff have three weeks to get tested if they want to work in the airport next month. From next month, voluntary tests will be available for some 2,000 so-called high-risk staff who handle quarantine procedures, cold chain logistics or clean aircraft cabins. In other news, Carrie Lam has defended her meetings with the Chief Justice, saying regular conversations with the head of the judiciary are part of her duty to uphold judicial independence. However, she refused to confirm or deny reports that she met Chief Justice Andrew Cheung last week, just days before he and other Court of Final Appeal judges heard a bail case involving the media tycoon Jimmy Lai. The chief executive said any such meeting should not be seen as interference in judicial independence. This is only normal,
1: and I would advise against any reading into that sort of legitimate and proper meetings between the CE and the CJ as intervention into judicial independence. That was totally unacceptable and would not be done by any chief executive. And as a result, none of my meetings with the former CJ or the current CJ touched upon cases. This is not the subject of our conversation at all.
0: Overseas, President Biden has strongly condemned the military coup in Myanmar, saying those responsible will be held to account. Mr Biden said the detention of Aung San Suu Kyi and other civilian leaders was a direct assault on democracy and the rule of law. His spokesperson, Jen Saki, told a White House briefing that the administration was considering renewed sanctions.
1: The United States, I should say, removed sanctions on Burma over the past decade based on progress toward democracy. The reversal of that progress will necessitate an immediate review of our sanctions laws and authorities, followed by appropriate actions.
0: In Myanmar itself, troops are on the streets of the capital, Naypyidaw, and the biggest city, Yangon. A curfew is in place. A military-run TV station has announced the appointment of new ministers to replace those ousted from power. And President Biden has held a two-hour meeting with a group of Republican senators to discuss coronavirus relief legislation. Mr Biden has proposed a $1.9 trillion relief package, but the senator's proposal amounts to less than a third of that. Here's the BBC's Peter Bowes. This really is the first big test of President Biden's pledge to be bipartisan in his approach to dealing with Congress, dealing with Republicans, especially bringing the two sides together. But I think there's still a, a huge amount of doubt as to whether this stimulus
2: bill will be a good example of that, because he has really been digging in his heels to get the one9 trillion dollars, which would uh, be split between money to uh, help combat the virus, uh, the distribution of the vaccines, but also
0: economic aid as well. The South African president, Cyril Ramaphosa, says every effort will be made to secure enough vaccines to achieve herd immunity in the country. He was addressing the nation shortly after receiving the first shipment of one million doses of the Oxford AstraZeneca vaccine, which were produced in India. Africa's worst-hit country has seen 44,000 deaths from the virus. Mr Ramaphosa said the aim was to inoculate at least two-thirds of the population, or around 40 million people. It is up to us to protect ourselves, our families and our communities. Fellow South Africans, it is
1: also up to us to get vaccinated as soon as we are eligible and stop the virus from spreading any further. Above all, It is up to all of us to keep the flame of hope alive."
0: The German Chancellor Angela Merkel has defended the pace of the coronavirus vaccination programme in the European Union, saying it was slower than others for good reasons. Speaking after a video conference with vaccine makers, Mrs Merkel said the EU had insisted on manufacturers accepting liability clauses and on data protection. A major winter storm has hit the northeastern United States, bringing heavy snowfalls and blizzard-like conditions to New York State, Pennsylvania and New England. Thousands of flights have been cancelled. Schools have been closed. CBS climate reporter Jeff Berardelli is in New York.
2: On the east end of Long Island and Cape Cod, they're going to see hurricane-force wind gusts. We're going to see coastal flooding and could be major coastal flooding. Six of our biggest 10 storms have occurred since the year 2000, so in the last 20 years. And part of that is due to human-caused climate change. Because it's warming up just a little bit, but it's still cold enough for snow, we're forcing more moisture into the atmosphere. Ocean temperatures off of the coast here in New York are warmer than they would otherwise be. That powers bigger systems. That powers heavier snow. And so we get these blockbuster snowstorms.
0: Iran's foreign minister has suggested that the European Union could act as a coordinator between Washington and Tehran to restore the 2015 nuclear deal that collapsed when former President Trump withdrew the United States. Here's the BBC's Ian McWilliam. Donald Trump took Washington out of the nuclear deal aimed at limiting Iran's production of nuclear fuel because he said it didn't include Iran's regional military activities. The Biden administration, however, has said the US wants to rejoin, but only when Iran reverses its recent fuel purification. Speaking on CNN, the Iranian foreign minister, Mohammad Javad Zarif, said the U.S. can rejoin, but only after U.S. sanctions have been lifted. To break the diplomatic standoff, he suggested the EU's foreign policy chief, Joseph Boré, as head of the commission overseeing the nuclear deal, could set out a plan by which both sides would return to compliance. A former CIA officer has said that he believes he was targeted by a secret microwave weapon in Russia. The BBC's Gordon
2: Carrara has more details. Mark Polymeropoulos woke up in a Moscow hotel room in December 2017 with vertigo and nausea unable to stand. More than three years on, he's had to leave the CIA and has never fully recovered. Similar symptoms were first seen in Cuba in what became known as Havana syndrome, An independent scientific study concluded at the end of last year that a directed radio frequency or microwave was the most likely cause. There are claims that incidents took place in a number of countries, sometimes with Russian intelligence officers traced to the vicinity. The Russian Foreign Ministry has dismissed what it called provocative and baseless speculation.
0: The South African government says there's been a one-third fall in the number of rhinos killed by poachers partly attributed to COVID-19 lockdowns. Here's the BBC's Warren Bull. The South African government said 394 rhinos were killed for their horns in the country last year, compared with nearly 600 recorded in 2019. The Environment Minister, Barbara Creasy, said strict anti-COVID measures had led to a significant reduction in poacher incursions to the Kruger National Park, where most poaching takes place. She said other factors included an increased presence of rangers and security personnel. But conservation groups say the South African government is overstating its success. They say the Kruger rhino population has fallen by 70% in the last decade, and that to really tackle poaching, governments need to address the deeper factors involved in trafficking, including a lack of other economic opportunities to financial news. A short time ago, the Hang Seng Index was at 29,419. That's 523 points up on the previous close. Currencies, the US dollar, is trading at 104.93 yen. The euro stands at 1 US dollar and 20 cents. And the pound will get you 10 Hong Kong dollars and 61 cents. Sport now. Here's Adam Jung.
3: We start with tennis. All 370 players at the Australian Open are now out of quarantine, meaning they're free to practice and take part in the warm-ups. The 23-time Grand Slam champion Serena Williams breezed through her first warm-up match. China's Wang Chiang suffered a surprise defeat. The world number 34 was beaten in three sets by the Italian Jasmine Paulini. The main draw begins next week. More from the BBC's Russell Fuller. They're managing to organise six tournaments in one week at Melbourne Park, which is quite some achievement. But they will not (laughs) breathe easily until February the 21st, the day the Australian Open finishes, because the future is still unpredictable. Perth in Western Australia imposed a five-day lockdown on Sunday after one hotel quarantine worker tested positive for COVID-19. And if there is any community transmission linked to the tennis travelling circus, then that's a big problem for Melbourne and for the Australian Open. On to football now. Liverpool's injury woes mounted on Monday as Joel Matip has been ruled out for the rest of the season. The 29-year-old damaged his ankle ligament during Thursday's 3-1 win over Tottenham. Matip is the latest Liverpool defender to go down injured this season, joining Virgil van Dijk and Joe Gomez on the disabled list. The Premier League champions tried to address their crisis by signing defender Ben Davies from second-tier Preston North End on transfer deadline day. Football agent and former Premier League striker Kevin Davies says Ben Davies will be a great addition to the Liverpool squad.
2: spent a couple of years with Ben Preston I think um, during that period he went out on one of his loans as well which he's had quite a few of so I think he's a good age now I think he's really developed um, through going out on loan and playing games at a lower level uh, part of his education and I know Paul Huntington, who's there, who plays alongside him, has been really impressed by his development now. He's gone back to Preston the last couple of years and really made that centre-back spot his own. Um, so he's got all the attributes. He's a good lad. He's quite quiet. I remember him being quite young when I went there. So that was probably five, six, seven years ago now. But he's he's developed into a man now and he's, he's a really good player. So it's a good signing for Liverpool. He's young, he's talented, he's good on the ball. So he ticks lots of boxes in terms of his playing style. You know, with what's going on at Liverpool at the moment with injuries and the amount of games coming up, and I th- certainly think he'll be featuring, and I think um, you know going into that environment, being around world-class players will only help Ben develop. So it'll be interesting to see how his Liverpool career progresses.
3: Liverpool have also completed a loan deal for Schalke's 20-year-old Turkish defender Ozan Kabak, while the Japanese midfielder Takumi Minamino is leaving Anfield for St Mary's after Southampton signed him on loan. And that's your look at sports.
0: When the news' top stories once again, Carrie Lam defends the government's use of overnight lockdowns as experts urge her to consider other strategies, thousands of restaurants say they're in jeopardy if they're starved of Lunar New Year profits, and the chief executive insists there's nothing improper about her meetings with the SAR's top judge. The news from RTHK.
2: I'm Lazy Lion. Doing physical activity can bring about benefits for both your health and the environment. For example, when journeys are short, go to your destination on foot instead of using a private car or public transport. This can reduce carbon emissions and improve air quality. For more details, visit chp.gov.hk. Be strong. Together we can fight the virus.
3: I will help fight the virus. I will protect Hong Kong. The government has launched the Leave Home Safe mobile app for everyone to download and keep visit records. Use the app to scan QR codes of venues taking part. Press the Leave button when you leave. Visit records will only be kept in your phone. If you went somewhere visited by a confirmed patient around the same time, the app will automatically alert you and give health advice. Use the app together. Feel at ease when going out. Let's fight the virus. Scan with Leave Home Safe.